All right, we're going to take a look at this now and this conversation brought to you by the National Lotteries uh, Commission. Now, the uh, NLC is the only national lottery regulator and license holder in South Africa. They monitor and regulate the running of various lottery competitions, including those organized by nonprofit organizations. And these, of course, are to raise funds by companies and to promote some of their goods and services. In a moment, we'll be speaking uh, to advocate Makosazana Lindhorst, who's going to be speaking to us about the regulation and compliance issues. Uh, this is in terms of the work that they do at the fundraising schemes. But before we do that, though, uh, Ian Banner is co-founder of the Laureus Sport for Good Foundation uh, South Africa. Good morning, Ian, and thank you so much for your time. Good morning to you, Kathy. Wonderful to be on air again. Sure. Ian, let's just talk about the work that your organization does for uh, our listeners who might not know. Uh, just break it down for us. With pleasure, Kathy. 20 years ago, we founded Laureus, which comprises three elements. The annual Oscars of World Sport, uh, the Academy, which is a legendary group now of some 67 uh, global icons in sport, and perhaps most importantly, as our soul within the organization, the Laureus Sport for Good Foundation. And that was set up specifically as the beneficiary of any profits that were made by Laureus Limited. And we start, although it's a South African initiative, it was started in London, and it is a global organization where I'm proud to say we've touched some six million children since we started and we've We've raised a considerable amount of money to assist worthy uh, causes. Now, being able to raise a considerable amount of money is no easy feat. Tell us about how you go about doing it, especially as a non-profit organization. Yes, sure. Uh, Just for clarity, Cathy, I think we had some of my colleagues on as well. I'm not sure if they're with us or not. I'm happy to take the question. I just would like to establish that. Oh, n- n- don't worry. We're going to go to Advocate Lindhorst right after speaking to you. Okay. Sure, Wonderful. sure. Thanks, Kathy. Mm. So when we started, we fortunately got the support. Johan Rupert was the founder and Richmond uh, was, in fact, the company, together with Mercedes-Benz, that uh, backed the initiative. And along the way, we've been very lucky to have uh, incredible support from Mercedes-Benz as well as from IWC, and we now have the Mitsubishi Financial Services Group that are anchor supporters of what we do. However, every um, we have many foundations around the world, and if we take South Africa, which is what we're talking about today, I'm a trustee of the Laureus Sport for Good Foundation Trust here in South Africa, and that um, uh, initiative that uh, of ours, that um, organization, that trust, has an obligation to raise its money. We have 30 projects in South Africa that we fund. So um, there we stand on our own, although we do from time to time get support from the Global Foundation. Mm -hmm. And it's the interaction with uh, wonderful organizations like the Lottery uh, Commission the National Lotteries Commission that enables us to do other fundraising. Mm. Talk to me about how you first got uh, got to know about the uh, lotteries fundraising schemes and and uh, you know some of the initiatives that you're running through them. Yeah, we did extensive research looking at sustainable income generating models. We mm. constantly are evaluating how do we, particularly in these COVID times, how do we 
carry out initiatives, you know, that can um, help us generate additional funds. And it really is a constant struggle, frankly, but at the same time, one has to innovate. And it's the fundraising lottery scheme that has allowed us to, to, to conduct the lottery uh, supported initiative that we did at the back end of last year, courtesy of Mercedes-Benz, putting up a wonderful car that we that we uh, were able to offer to people who bought tickets uh, to our competition. And uh, we raised money by doing that in this mm. instance. Yes. Ha- have you found that it's, it's a, re- a relatively successful way of raising uh, some kind of income? Yes, it's. I mean, it's. It, it, it. We were successful. We raised funds, but we really worked very, very hard. Mm. Uh, we had a full marketing drive to push it and support it, etc. We were selling tickets for a hundred rand to win a six hundred and twenty thousand rand motor car. You would have thought there would have been a lot of people that would <laughs> love to have joined for that opportunity. And in the end, we reached our target of five thousand tickets, which was wonderful. And um, and we have one incredibly happy winner. But it is a successful uh, um, um, methodology, but it's constantly under review as to how you communicate the opportunity with the marketplace. Mm, mm. Ian, thank you so much for coming on to the show today and for uh, sharing your own story. He's the co-founder of the Laureus Sport for Good Foundation South Africa. Uh, let me shift the conversation now to um, Advocate Mark. Makosazana Lindhorst, who's a senior manager, regulation, compliance and enforcement at the NLC. Good morning and thank you so much for your time. Morning, Kathy, and thank you for having us. There's a lot of regulatory matters, I would imagine, that go into running the fundraising schemes. Tell us about why it is important, just all off the start, for NGOs to be aware of the work that you're doing and to also make sure that if they are running competitions of this nature, um, they are regulated. Thanks, Kathy. It's important for NPOs to know the regulations around uh, running lotteries because in terms of the law, you cannot conduct any lottery unless you are registered with the uh, National Lotteries Commission. So NPOs, they normally use um, fundraising schemes, which is normally their competition or the raffle, where they take donations from donors or they will have tickets that they are selling for the purpose of raising funds. But as part of that, then there's a chance element. So immediately there's a chance element, then it's a lottery. So which means it has to be registered with the National Lotteries Commission. It's to protect you that you raise the fund uh, in accordance with the law, but also the people who are participating, who are buying your tickets have to be protected because one of the role of the National Lotteries Commission is to protect consumers who are participating in lotteries. Mm-hmm. So it's important for NPOs, if you intend to have any form of raffles or competition, including schools, we have actually seen schools not complying with these provisions. They will have raffles that are distributed by parents and children, and they are not authorized by the National Lotteries Commission. So what that means is that you are contravening the law. Not only the school is contravening the law, even parents who are participating in that scheme. Mm -hmm. Because in terms of the Lotteries Act, it is an offense 
to participate or promote any form of a, of a scheme without being authorized by the National Lotteries Commission. Of course, I would imagine that oftentimes, you know, organizations are sitting there thinking, well, how much are we realistically going to make out of the out of a project? At times, if you if you're looking at the context of a school, unless it's for a bigger projects, you know, maybe they're looking to raise five thousand rand, ten thousand rand. Um, does it matter how much money is being targeted? Uh, is that a determining uh, criteria for whether somebody should register with you or not? Yes, it is a determining factor. So if you're intending to raise a uh, 10,000 rand, so you're not uh, required to register with us. However, there's a catch. Mm. The value of your ticket has to be 10 rand. So immediately your ticket cost uh, 50 rand, 100 rand, then you will be contravening the law. Mm. But we all know that in terms of the law, for every general rule, there's an exception. So if you you, you, you still intend to raise 10,000, but you want to cost maybe 250 for your ticket, then you can approach the National Lotteries Commission and apply for what we call an exemption, that you're requesting an exemption to for the cost of your ticket to be 250 instead of 10 rent. So that, that matters, but also over and above that, in terms of the prices, they are limitation. So you cannot have prices that are more than 5,000 rand if you're not registered with us. Mm-hmm. The benefit of registering with the National Lotteries Commission is that you are allowed to raise up to 2 million. And as a non-profit organization, you can have up to six uh, lotteries in a year. So which means if you're running your lottery successfully, you can raise up to 12 million in a year. So those are the benefits of registering with the with the commission. How how many um, in terms of the the process to apply? How long can people expect it to be? It's it's a very easy process, Casey. Uh, actually, even the fees that we are charging they are very minimal. The reason being that the aim is not to generate revenues from uh, the regulator side, but we are giving an, an enabling environment to NPOs to raise funds because. If you're raising funds on your, so, so it's like a, a voluntary top-up, instead of applying for funding from NLC, you are opting to raise funds for yourself. So the process takes approximately maximum two weeks if you have uh, submitted all the applications. And in terms of the fees, the, the, the fees that you pay for registration is 557 rand. And, and and how much of the money that is raised uh, does the national lotteries take a proceed of, if any? We don't take any proceed. Remember, you're raising funds for mm. your good cause for that particular NPO. So the only fee that you pay to the NLC, it's when you register, and that is 557 rand. Let's talk. So, of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, go on. So when you raise your revenue, let's assume you're raising the two million. That two million, our role is to ensure that you use the two million for the cause that you intend to support. So the NLC don't take any cent from what you, you you've raised. How do you enforce um, this the, the 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 regulatory framework around this? Because you're saying that technically it shouldn't be happening, and anybody who does it without registering with you is doing so illegally. And yet, you probably have a lot of entities and businesses who who don't register it with you. So, how do you make sure that you hold those people accountable? 
So we have a, a team of uh, specialists who are just focusing on enforcement. So we have various methods that we use to detect, especially those that are not uh, registered. So we do the monitoring. So if it happens that you are caught that you are conducting an, an unregistered uh, society lottery, mm-hmm. we normally have a meeting with those organizations, depending on their willingness to cooperate with the regulator, we help them to regularize uh, their scheme. So those who are not willing, unfortunately, we don't have any option but to take legal action, then we'll approach the court for a, a, a declaratory order to declare your scheme unlawful. And in some instances, we open criminal cases where some of those people have to be taken through the criminal uh, 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 court process. And then if you are convicted, then you might be imprisoned or be liable for a fine. And, and how low is the compliance? In terms of the ones that are registered with us, we have 100% um, uh, uh, compliance. But on the ones that are not registered, we have a lot of those that are not complying with the Act. But because of the approach that we're taking as a commission, remember, even though we're doing enforcement, so most of the offenders will be your schools. Mm -hmm. So it will not make sense really to take the entire governing uh, uh, body of the school to, to court. So we try and guide them because one of our responsibility as the regulator is to advise on lotteries. So we advise them and help them do what we call a compliance seminars in terms of taking them through now the regulations. Why is this scheme a lottery and what are the regulatory requirements for you to make sure that in future you, you comply with the Lottery mm-hmm. Act? So we usually engage through that process and we conclude our cases on that basis. Is, is it easy to identify why something is considered a lottery? Yes. So, so, so what, is, what is the distinguishing criteria that, that you're working with? So the criteria is that you have to conduct a scheme. So it has to be a game, which is a competition. So if Mm -hmm. it's a competition, participants are required to pay a fee Mm -hmm. for a chance to win. So for you as a participant or a consumer, you cannot be eligible to win unless you have paid for your right to compete. Mm. And the prices are distributed by lot or chance. So you don't have to be seeing or show a particular talent for you to win that particular competition. You're just winning by luck. So if one is fundraising and um, they then are just raising um, whatever funds that people can contribute, whether by way of tickets or by way of uh, pledges that, that, that people make, and in the end, it's not necessary that you will win a certain prize, but they do say that there is a reward perhaps for, um, you know, the first two people who um, who give towards a cause or, or however way they put it. Does that qualify as being a, a lottery? Using the example that you just mentioned now, yeah. so if the criteria is that, you donate to us and mm-hmm. you and you, you you might get a chance to, to to get a trip or a voucher for a trip to Mauritius the first two participants so it is also it's not by chance so it is clear that the first two will win we will get uh, the reward mm-hmm. so when you look at those elements 
it's, it, it, it is not a lot because it's not by chance. So it's obvious, you know, that if, if, I'm, the fir- if I'm part of the first two, okay. I'm definitely going to win. So before you even participate, you know that should I be the first one, definitely I'm a winner. Mm. So the problem starts where prices are by luck, which is I the lot. You remember the lottery, yeah. you win by luck, not through your intelligence or your skill, but mm. it's by pure luck. Mm. How much awareness is there about, you know, the, the fundraising schemes and, and the regulations that are then supposed to guide people who are holding uh, competitions of any nature, who, which you then say will be part of, uh, would, would fall under what you regulate? The commission, we normally do the seminars, we do the education and awareness to educate, especially the, the NPOs or those um, organizations that are eligible to, to conduct lotteries. But over and above that, when you go to the NLC website, there, there, there is a, a, a lot of information under licensing in terms of how to conduct lotteries, including our uh, frequently asked questions. We also have a document that is trying to simplify the law. It's named uh, Lotteries and the Law. So it's a small document that uh, educates a non-profit organization in terms of how to conduct this kind of lotteries. And we have recently uh, also developed what we call a fundraising lottery tool because we've realized that the issue of society lotteries is not really known. So we had to try and simplify uh, uh, the law, but also in terms of what the scheme is to try and also educate uh, organizations, especially the ones from previously disadvantaged communities. So we don't have a lot of them that are registered with us to educate to them, to plant the seed for them to understand what is a society lottery. All right, Advocate Makosazana Lindhorst. She's a senior manager for regulation, compliance, and enforcement at the National Lotteries Commission. Thanks for your time uh, and for coming on to uh, the talking point today.